0: Hello everyone and happy new year. I am so excited to kick off this year with all my one in fivers here on one in five from bully to healed 2021 has already been a unique year to say the least. And what a better way to add to it than to introduce an extraordinary story about two of my amazing friends, Rishi and Tyler. No, you did not read the title of this episode incorrectly. Rishi and Tyler have an incredibly special friendship that truly went from bullied to inseparable. See what I did there? Without further ado, welcome to one in five from bullied to healed, Rishi and Tyler.
1: What's up world? Hello.
0: (laughs) Very enthusiastic hellos there guys. So unlike previous episodes, I couldn't bear to give a sneak peek into your story during my introduction. So we're beginning this episode from the ground up. Before we reveal how your friendship blossomed, I wanna go back in time to your elementary school days. Starting with you, Tyler, you began getting bullied by other children in your neighborhood and it trickled into school as well. Would you please share some examples of how the kids treated you and how this experience made you feel at this young age?
2: Growing up, it was very tough for me. Uh, The kids were just very brutal. They would not hold back in some of the stuff that they would say, they'd call call me names. They would make me feel like an outcast in in the neighborhood. Like anytime they hung out, I wasn't allowed to be there wasn't allowed to be around them really. And if I was, usually I was targeted for bullying when they did allow me to go with them. They wouldn't take the chance if I did something wrong, they never made it. So like, oh, it's okay. Like they always took that opportunity to go out of their way to give me an insult or to harass me in some way.
0: And how did all of that make you feel?
2: You know, for a little while I was very blind to it. I just I was just like okay, whatever. But then over time it just I started to feel like really really like sad and, and upset about it all. But there was really nothing I could do about it.
0: Well, that I would actually disagree with. There is things that you can do about it, but I do understand where you're coming from growing up that I was bullied too and you felt like you couldn't do anything about it, but I think when you get to the age that we're at now, which is our late 20s, you can look back and say, well, you know, I could have stood up for myself or maybe in the case if you didn't talk to your parents or talk to a teacher or a school principal, guidance counselor, that maybe you could have done that as well. But I do understand that feeling of feeling very hopeless, like you can't do anything. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So then why do you think you were being targeted by the other kids in your neighborhood and in school?
2: It was mostly because um, I grew up having ADHD. I mean, I still have it. A lot of different people have ADHD in different ways, so where it's there's different levels to it. I have a higher level of it where it requires more more things for me to be able to focus, medicine wise, et cetera. It was really hard because no one really, like at that time really under, not even the teachers understood what ADHD really was. So even my own teachers at school would flag me as like like a trump like a troublemaker. Because they didn't really understand it, and I think that also added to why the bullying in school was just so bad because you know i and don't get me wrong, I loved my teach some of my teachers, but they just couldn't understand what it was like to have ADHd they just weren't I don't think they were really prepared for it for a student like that.
0: I think that's the troublesome part when you're dealing with a situation like you were in being bullied for having a disability, essentially. I don't think that there's enough education out there to. Really determine how to treat children with disabilities correctly in the classroom and how to do that from a teacher to student relationship and also a student to student relationship. There are some laws out there from a federal governmental perspective that do protect kids with disabilities who are being bullied in school. But believe it or not, there is actually no federal law that protects victims of bullying in general. So that just goes to show how there is a lack of education, not just about bullying, but also being bullied for having a disability. Correct. So then what outlets helped you to better process the pain you were feeling growing up?
2: Well, right from, I would say from when I was like six years old, uh, my parents enrolled me in martial arts, and that was just a really good way to get out of that mentality where like you were just being so bullied all the time. You were just being so abused all the time by these people that you really didn't have any friends growing up like that. Whereas I had pretty much got a family uh, when it came to martial arts between my, my instructor and the other students, we really formed like this really bond, but close family. And that's something that, you know, I can never forget. And I, something that just will always be with me. Like even today, I still, you know, consider them my, family and they will always be my family the other thing was growing up later on I joined up with the boy scouts and that was also just you know I was always into the outdoors into nature stuff like that so that was another outlet for me because I was able to just get skills and develop skills that other kids really couldn't without the use of the scouting program and that was another way for me to get away from the torture was to go to scouting and you would go to these places where you had other scouts that were kind of just like you who loved outdoors who loved like an adventure and we i have some extro- had some extraordinary experiences out there i'll I'll never forget
0: See, that's so special. I think that it's so valuable for all victims of bullying to have some sort of helpful outlet to utilize to really help process their pain and also just to kind of help them escape away from everything that's happening to them as well. Similar to you, I was in Girl Scouts growing up and I also danced. And so being able to express myself creatively through dance, but then also being able to fall into the service of others that's what helped me to process my pain very well growing up and that's really affected me in a positive way now being 27 almost 28 years old and I assume that the same goes for you with scouting and with martial arts
2: yeah they were just very amazing overall like I'm very amazing programs to be involved in
0: that's great to hear Tyler so Rishi you share a similar experience with Tyler as you were also bullied during elementary school in fact it did begin for you as early as kindergarten. But unlike Tyler, you were an only child. So what was it like being picked on by your classmates as an only child?
1: Same like Tyler, you know, getting name called, just getting pushed around. Um, And I was especially when I was in kindergarten, I didn't really talk much because English was not my first language. Uh, In theory, it was Gujarati. So I, you know, I spoke limited English. So I was like, very socially awkward kid in kindergarten. And I was also born premature. So I had uh, some issues. Uh, I I was a little bit academically challenged. Kids would just pick on me just for that. It was just a tough time. I went through um, a Christian school, a private school. And, you know, as being a Gujarati and Hindu as my religion, religion also played a factor especially, you know, Hindu going to Christian school. So it was like looked down upon at the time.
0: Right, right. Well, I'm so sorry that that you went through that, you know, especially because you're you were such a unique kid compared to all your classmates at the Christian school. So, of course, that kind of made you stick out as a very unique individual. And I think that especially when you're a kid, I just don't think you're, you know, aware enough of being able to properly recognize somebody who's a little bit different from you. Mm-hmm. So when they yes. see different, it doesn't look like, it doesn't look like it's the same as they see within their family. You know, for example, if you grow up in a Caucasian family, you assume that you're going to see all Caucasian people always as a young child, you know, in the case of these kids that they see you and you're a lot darker complected. as you said, you, you, spook Gujarati as your first language and as well as your Mm -hmm. religion being Hindu and not Christian all that's going to come into play and these kids are automatically going to point and say well this kid's different who's this what's that and then start to make up crazy things and say things that are inappropriate. And I know that so many of my listeners out there are in very similar shoes to you and can speak upon that. And again, like I said before, it just goes to show the lack of education that there is about bullying and not just in the sense of bullying other kids who have disabilities, but also racial bullying. I think yes. that there are certain anti-bullying organizations throughout the United States that have done a wonderful job with educating about racial bullying, one of those being Stomp Out Bullying, which I've been a longtime supporter of. And another one is Stanford Kind, which develops really amazing programs to help promote a safe environment for children um, and encourage them to be kind to one another, no matter what they look like or how they act like or how they feel. Now mm-hmm. moving forward with your story Rishi when you were 7 mm-hmm. you were able to move out of that school environment you moved you moved to Oldbridge which is great and I know you started this new school with this hope that the environment would be better for you and that there wouldn't be as much of an occurrence of bullying for you but unfortunately this was not the case and it only led you through a roller coaster of highs and lows as a young boy So would you please summarize what your bullies did between the rest of elementary school and through middle school to you?
1: I basically moved and my parents thought it would be a better life, you know, to move, especially for me in the school system. And they knew that uh, I was getting bullied in my previous school. So it was the same thing. Uh, I moved here. Uh, I had no friends and I was a socially awkward kid. Um, I was very shy and I was also academically challenged at the time. So it was just name calling, you know, that one kid in the back that would not talk or, you know, I also got punched, bruised. People took my lunch money at the time. The only one outlet I had during that was uh, I was talking to lunch ladies and they were helping me throughout this thing instead of a guidance counselor because every time I went to a guidance counselor to explain these things, they would just kind of brush it off or they wouldn't help me as much. And in fourth grade, Eventually, you know, I just snapped, Uh, all that emotions just came up and it just was a, it was a shocker, not only to, you know, my classmates, but to also my teachers that, you know, it's just all that emotions were contained in one little bubble and it just blew up and I just had enough. I went home that day crying and I was just like, I I don't want to do with this anymore. You know, I don't want to go to the school. Basically, it was just a negative down. Side roller coaster at the time.
0: I can understand that too, and I know Tyler. You mentioned to me prior to this episode that you felt that same way in second and third grade that you didn't want to go to school either. And I felt like that too in high school when the bullying was the absolute worst for me. I remember one particular day where there was this terrible rumor that was spread about me, and I came home just like you, Rishi, crying to my parents, saying, "I don't want to go back. I I, I can't do this anymore." I was just a few weeks away from graduating from high school. And it was just a couple of days before I was going to leave on my senior trip to Disney World. And that moment, my parents immediately took action, contacted the superintendent, the faculty, the administration, and made sure that I felt safe going into school every single day. It's so sad because that's what it takes to get the faculty and administration of schools to really take action to protect victims of bullying and make sure that they feel safe in their school environments is when parental involvement happens. But oftentimes we do see that even then, sometimes it's not enough. And if you compare the time that we were all in high school, which was between like 2007 to 2012, just to kind of include all of our ages there, there weren't as many laws specifically within the state of New Jersey that were passed that require the faculty and administration of schools to go through a specific procedure when there's an occurrence of bullying that's being reported. Nowadays, there is a very specific procedure that they have to follow. And I know this because my father is a teacher at the high school that I graduated from. And he has told me they have to do a, B and C They have to go through guidance. They have to talk to the principal about it. And then each school in the state of New Jersey has to have a required anti-bullying specialist. And I think that that's such a wonderful step that they've taken towards just supporting victims of bullying and seeking for justice for them. And I so wish that during the time that we were all growing up and everything, with everything that you have been through, Rishi, and everything that you've been through, Tyler, that that support was there for you. And, would have made these dark times for you a lot easier. Now, at this point in your story, Rishi, both Uh you and Tyler were entering high school. While you were continuing to gain friends during your high school years, Rishi, the same could not be said for you, Tyler. Now, Tyler, as you told me prior to this episode, high school was the worst of your experience as a victim of bullying. Now, for you, there was a moment during a volleyball game in gym class that has always stuck with you, and it has greatly impacted your mental health to this very day. Can you tell right. me what happened during this volleyball game and how it's affected your mental health over the years?
2: That is correct. During this volleyball game in school, I'll never forget it. I was in, on one of the teams and we were, you know, it was just a simple, simple thing, volleyball, simple game. The ball was coming for our part where I was standing and I went for it and missed, but apparently, I had interrupted one of the uh, other kids. I had accidentally gotten his way and it ended up, we both missed it. He turned to me in front of everyone and said to me that he's like, why do you even try? You're such a freak. No, one's going to ever like you. You should just go kill yourself. You should just die. I was just frozen. I couldn't have believed that those words had come out of his mouth. And then that shock it immediately wore off and turned to anger. I almost, I almost hit him right there in front of everyone. Almost hit him. Thankfully, another student stepped in and kind of pushed and like pushed him away, kind of stopped him. One of his friends kind of like backed him off. But I just, I couldn't believe it. I was so bitter. I, I walked out of the class. I just right, I walked out. I said, I can't be there. I don't know whether or not the teachers had heard what he had said, I, I believe they did, but even if they did, they really didn't do anything. They just kind of turned a blind eye to it. And a lot of other kids had heard it too. And they just, it just looked away people I knew looked away. And to this day, I can just never forget that what had been said and what no one really did. Like no one even said to him, "Was like, yeah, that was really messed. Nothing. I, I even saw some smiles in some of the kids faces around us. And th- I think that burned more. Like they were agreeing with him.
1: Yeah, they pretty much, they were agreeing with him and moving along, right, Ty? Yeah.
0: And that just goes to show how detrimental bystanders are in situations like you went through, Tyler. We don't often think about the bystanders. We just think about what the bully's doing and how the victim's reacting to that. I had done some research prior to this episode Just hearing those horrible words that this kid had said to you, Tyler, and I know that caused you to develop suicidal ideation after that. And according to the World Health Organization, close to 800,000 people died due to suicide. That's one person every 40 seconds. You know, if you think about it, like, God forbid that was somebody else. Tyler, I know you had mentioned that, like, if somebody else was to hear those same words that you heard, like imagine how many of those people would have actually followed through on that suicide. And, you know, if the bystanders actually did take action and got involved and defended you more, you know, how much that could have helped you in your mental health or it could have helped somebody else who was in your shoes.
2: Yeah. If I had, the chance to really say something, knowing what I do now and knowing everything that I do now. If I had a chance to go back and just say one thing to any of them, I would. I wouldn't even say anything to him uh, in the beginning. I would look to everyone around me and ask them, you know, how can you all just sit there? How can you all just stand there with those smiles on your faces, knowing what he had just said, knowing how many people die every day because of people like him? How many people take their own lives because they're suffering because, from bullying, suffering from stuff like this? How can they can all just stand there? You know, And that they should be ashamed of themselves for just standing there and doing nothing, for just smiling, like agreeing. I, at the time, I didn't really care what happened to me, but I thought about everyone else. I, that's why, honestly, when I almost hit him, it wasn't for my own sake. It was to make him know that if he ever said that to anyone else, like to make him so that he would never say that to anyone else ever again. Because of what it can, those words are just so hurtful. They're just so, heartbreaking that it, it's like, it shatters your whole, like it shatters everything about yourself. And it, they're not good words to hear ever. And for someone to see that, and then, you know, someone to go and follow through with that, you know, it's like the worst feeling in the world. When you lose someone like that. And, you know, and people will say, Oh, it's, you know, the kid will never get blamed. The kid, the bully, most times bullies go unpunished. The kid was, you know, they blame it on the, on the kid. They blame it on the family, whatever. They'll come up with whatever reasons, in the bull, sometimes these bullies they never they never get punished.
0: It's so true. And the first example that I'm thinking off the top of my head about is this movie called Bully, which is on Netflix. If any of my listeners out there, or even you, Tyler and Rishi, if you have Netflix, I highly recommend watching this movie called Bully. It follows the stories of five kids who were all bullied in school. I remember hearing one of these stories and This was only a couple of weeks ago. I just couldn't help but cry. And it was talking about a similar situation that this kid I went through, he was only 11, 12 years old. He had multiple kids encouraging him to, to commit suicide. And he eventually followed through and did it. And his parents for years fought against the school for his justice, even gathered the community, got the mayor of their community involved and- It took years and years and years for some sort of action to be taken. But even then, it's still not nearly enough to the point where it's protecting any other kid who could be in a similar situation to him. So I know exactly what you're talking about. And although I've never had those horrible words be told to me personally, there are so many other people out there who can relate to you. And, you know, if this helps give you any assurance at all you are not alone. There are so many people out there who have gone through the same thing that you've gone through Tyler, but just know that you are so strong and you are so strong that you didn't allow this kid's words to get the best of you and to define you because in the end you define yourself only.
2: Thank you, Jackie. I appreciate that. You know, um, the only thing I can think of is, as you said, like for justice to be served, but it was not nearly enough. And it can never really be enough in those situations, especially when someone takes their own life. Because no matter what you do, you can never get back the person who died. You can never get back the life that was a loss. The future of this person, the, you know, all the memories that they could have had, they're gone. They died with the person. And there's no ever there's never getting that back. You know, never getting back with the the few friends the kid had, you know, lost. What the family lost. What the the child who cooked their life lost. There's never getting that back. All we can do is prevent it from happening again. And I don't think people really see that either.
1: Because everybody just plays it like it's nothing really happened, you know?
0: That's exactly it. They play like nothing's happened until Until it becomes personal until it becomes personal to you that it happens to one of your family members or it happens to one of your close friends. That's the only time when it becomes a huge priority in your life and that it feels like it actually matters to you. And again, I think, you know, we just have to kind of work from the top and work with the federal government, work with the president and the administration, whoever the president and the administration may be at that time. You know, I don't care whether it's Republican or Democrat, There needs to be work done at the federal level because that's going to trickle down to the state level and then in our local communities as well. That's the only way that there's going to be effective steps taken towards bullying prevention throughout the entire country. So Rishi, kind of continuing on with our discussion about bystanders, you know the effects of bystanders all too well, and this has played a role for you in your personal development during your high school years. While you would continue to make new friends, you yourself were still getting bullied. And the pain that you felt in your heart needed an outlet and that outlet became bullying other kids. And this all started for you in your freshman year when you started picking on classmates of yours. Would you please discuss the most impactful thoughts and feelings you were processing that had led you to start bullying other kids in school?
1: From, like I said, elementary school to middle school, I was bullied. So, all of a sudden in high school, ninth grade, freshman year, the roles reversed because all of a sudden I just got this anger and this like just revenge that I want to now get it out out on people. And I started to pick on uh, less socially awkward kids, say, for example, fat kids, anybody. That way, when bystanders will look at me, they were like, oh, okay, we don't want to mess with this kid. Or, you know, and it, it gave me more power, you could say. To keep picking on people, to keep name calling, to just discourage them until to the point where they cried. And a couple cases I can tell you is uh, I started to get a little physical with them too. So it was just all of me from being bullied. It was all that anger and that resentment, you could say, that just was locked in. And it's just like, you know, I had enough. I'm going to now start bullying. So people would get off my back or, They wouldn't bully me because officially then I would become the bully.
0: Yeah, that does make perfect sense. That's where we see a lot of bullies channel their pain from. They channel it from pain that they previously felt and whether that's pain inflicted from their classmates with their harsh words and their harsh actions placed towards them, which is exactly what happened to you. but. Even we see this happening with bullies who are actually bullied at home by either their siblings or, God forbid, their parents. This is like basic psychology. Bullies already are feeling so much pain in their hearts. And so they find bullying to be that sufficient way of helping to put a bandage over the pain. But you're not really getting to the source of it, which is why mental health professionals seeking one or even just speaking to a trusted individual such as a parent or a principal or a guidance counselor is so 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 beneficial for you. Now Rishi as you had continued to target your classmates an interesting experience had occurred during your sophomore year English class. Although you didn't know it at that point in time it was already changing your life for the better. I'm gonna let you do the honors and tell the listeners what happened during that class.
1: So in English class, Tyler was in front of me. We didn't like this one teacher and it was just, it was basically our common ground per se, but I was still picking on Tyler at the time and we would just, you know, go at it each other. And then one of our friends introduced Tyler to me on a video game. And that's how our experience and our friendship started to go in a positive direction. Me and Tyler, we were like playing video games and everything like that. And so that was our like secret friendship, you can say, on video games. But in high school, people were saying bad things about Tyler to me. And I was climbing the social ladder, you can say. I had that, you could say, restriction to continue further talking to Tyler in high school, especially in sophomore year. And I was just making me continue to pick on him constantly in the beginning stages of sophomore year. But, like, even though when we come home, video games, we would play together and have fun.
0: Tyler, do you have anything that you'd like to add to that?
2: Yeah, it was interesting because even though Rishi and I were in the same class for about a good month, I never really, we didn't really speak to each other too often. And then one day, one of our friends had introduced us, as Rishi had said, to each other via video games, and we started playing. So it was about a month after that it occurred that I think one day. You know, I joined up with the group and we were all talking together and um, Rishi just looks at me and, you know, I'm looking, I'm like, well, Hey, what's up? And he goes, you're Mexican, right? And I go, yeah. He goes, go mow my lawn. And I said, uh, what?
1: That story sticks, still sticks to me to this day.
2: <laughs> and I was like, so at this point I had been so used to bowling, It almost became like, I guess one could say numb. I just hadn't, I didn't care anymore. So I was kind of numb to Richie. I was like, okay, whatever. So I guess what really became like the starting of our friendship was Richie wasn't really that great at games at the time. He was, for lack of a better term, bad. And, you know, he was okay, but (laughs) you're welcome, Richie. Um, (laughs) At one point our friends in the group would always badmouth Rishi a lot and anytime he got killed or he would go he would go down and anyone had a chance to save him they would just kind of abandon him so one day Rishi had gone down and he asked for help and everyone said oh leave him he's worthless run and i actually turned around and went back and got him up and he you know he was like you got me up and i was like don't talk just run and so he did he followed me out and we got back up with our friends From that point on, Rishi started being a little nicer to me, at least online, and a little bit nicer in school, even though, like he said, he was climbing the social ladder, and he really wasn't trying to go back to, you know, and I couldn't blame him, honestly, for wanting to go back to where I was, because I was practically being tortured, so I wouldn't want anyone else to feel that way, but online, Rishi was always really nice to me after that, he was always talking to me, we would always play games, always play Halo or Call of Duty, whatever, You name it. And he and he had my back and I knew that he had my back after that. You know, if I had gotten down, he would always be the first person to my side to revive me. If I, you know, needed support, he was always there right away. And And to some degree, he looked up to me, too, for, you know, being the first person to be like, you know, that's wrong what they're doing to you and going back and getting him up. You know, not turning a blind eye because Rishi wasn't that great at it. He got a lot better over time. And even with just like overall with his, just the way he spoke and the way he talked online was more confident after that.
1: And that was the moment when I realized that bullying was, what? Well, what am I doing with people? You know, like, why am I making fun of people? And that was the realization where with Tyler at the moment, like, why, you know, this kid, this kid helps me in video games or in general, like, you know, he would have my back. And it's like, why am I bullying him? Why are people telling me negative things about him? So that was the point in my life where I'm like, I should really, you know, now stop bullying people and just take it as face value as them being a human. You know, eventually Tyler did open up to me and I was like, wow, dude, I didn't know that you were going through all this. And like I said, it was that moment in my life where I was like, all right, I'm just now going to stop bullying people and, you know, take it in a positive way where how the person is and, you know, try to help them, give them positive encouragement, not discourage them just be a friend, essentially. And that's how my life actually turned for the better, by being Tyler's friend at that point onwards.
0: That's so wonderful to hear. And it's so cool listening to this story develop and how you guys are just bouncing off of each other just so effortlessly. I love how your friendship started over Xbox. I mean, yes, it did occur. Well, it kind of started in your English class, but then it started to take off Virtually. So you had this virtual secret friendship thing going on. And then it just like truly started to blossom from there. I just think that that is so cool and so unique. And especially for my listeners out there who are gamers, aka video game fans, I know that they are just loving hearing this friendship story. And I really admire what you said, Rishi, about that realization that you had once you saw that Tyler was starting to help you in certain games that you were playing. And Tyler had noticed that these kids who were playing in these Xbox party with you guys was picking on you, Rishi. You know, but even though you were doing the same to other kids within school that Tyler came back and helped you. And then that process just helped the both of you to be able to open up to one another. And I admire that. Very, very much because I know for me, if I were, let's say, like if I were in your shoes, Tyler, I don't know if I would have been able to open up my heart to one of my bullies so quickly like that. It might take me years and years to get to that point, but like you did it so quick. And then even for you, Rishi, to realize so quickly that you were bullying other kids and the impact that you were making upon them and also realizing, okay, I need to find a better outlet to process my pain. I admire that so much from the Mm -hmm. both of you. People don't realize that early on. And not for nothing, you guys were, let's say around 17 years old at this point. Like those are very mature realizations to have at such a young age. It takes people usually like another 10 years after that to have that realization. So I applaud you for that. And I know my listeners are or clapping too.
2: <laughs> thank you, thank you. Of course. I mean, with, I think what it was for me, while well, I was able to do that so quickly with Richie, was there was already something there, like you could see there was over time there started to become like this friendship bond, at least online. So at that point, when you have nothing left to lose, your actions can get triple, tenfold, at least to a person, because when you're so low and you have nothing left to lose but everything to gain from it, sometimes you take these what one would say a leap of faith you know, I certainly did with Rishi and I was right for doing it. And I stand by that to this day. And the realization I had was when Tyler
1: constantly came back for me in the video games and he would just pick me up or help me or get better at something. And it was just like, wow, dude, thank you. You know, uh, I'm picking you for what reasons, you know, you're helping me, you're pretty much helping a bully. So it was that just like, wow, there is actually good in people instead of bad. And, that this happened all over time so i became more open with tyler and tyler became more open with me and from there it just went in a positive way i guess
0: and it's really special but almost a little bit weird to think of it this way that You both suffered so much pain growing up, but how cool is it that you suffered that pain, but it led you guys to coming together and becoming friends and being able to share in that pain together. For me personally, I'm a Christian. Many of my listeners know that. And recently I had gone to church. This was just about three weeks ago, let's say. My regular pastor wasn't there. It was a substitute pastor. And he was talking about the nature of suffering and how we suffer, but the positive that you can find out of that is being able to help others when they're suffering. And, you know, relating it to you guys, you both suffered in similar ways. And yet you were able to come together to really help each other out. And then as a result, be able to impact other people like you are right now on this podcast. So claps to you both. Thank you course. Now looking back on how your difficult years of being bullied growing up brought the two of you together when you unknowingly needed each other the most, how do you feel about where your friendship stands today?
1: Uh,
2: <laughs> well about that. <laughs> We're still as ridiculous with each other as we were before. I mean, there are times where Rishi will still go at me. You know, it's in his nature. And, you know, I don't blame him for it. And, you know, and I'll go back at him now sometimes. And, you know, we'll we'll laugh at each other's shortcomings. But we'll also raise each other up when we do something good as well. But, you know, at the end of the day, like, you know, Rishi's gone through some personal stuff where he's just really needed somebody there for him. And, you know, he can always know that. No matter what, I've always been there for him. And I've gone through some personal stuff, and I've never doubted for a second that, you know, when I needed help, Rishi was there.
1: Yeah, and uh, one thing I can say about Tyler is, in this world, if anybody, like, you know, would pick on him or anything, I would always have his back. There's always a thing I always tell to Tyler and everybody, nobody messes with Tyler. Otherwise, there's only three people in the town we live that has Tyler's back, you know, which is me, my other friend Matt, and my other friend Sean. So, you know, we have that right to make fun of each other. But if anybody else makes fun of him, it's just like, no, no, that's not how it works. We're basically brothers. You know, we have that fun moments, dumb moments, because, you know, we're guys. And it's just <laughs> it, 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 it's, it's great, you know, so, some of us more than others. Well, yeah, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, the, and the one thing that's even cooler is that you guys have been able to add members to your brotherhood too. Do you want to talk about that a little bit and share that with the listeners?
2: Sure. Uh, Tyler, you go first. Growing up, I knew Matt from scouts. We were, were both Eagle scouts and, you know, he was a great kid, Matt. You know, I didn't know at the time was being bullied by people in the scouting program. They were not necessarily bullying, him, but they were, they were making fun of him to some degree. And, you know, that's unacceptable, but, you know, there's nothing you really can do about that. You know, if somebody's a bully outside of school, you know, or inside of school, they're going to be a bully outside of school. It's going to trickle down sometimes, and you'll get those kids. But I was there for Matt, and we grew close. I introduced him to Rishi, both on Xbox and eventually in real life. And we just grew as friends closer and closer. And then Rishi introduced me to Sean, and... We just started adding, like making this small group of friends. To this day, like we're we're very like re, as Rishi said, you know they'll mess with me all the time. But if somebody else outside of them messes with me, they're they will stand up for me. They will defend me to the end. And you know I know they always have my back when I need it. Wow, Tyler, you're gonna make me cry, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm crying this entire time retelling these stories because they they just have such emotion to them.
1: Yeah, it's man, like, I'm shedding a tear already. Yeah. <laughs>
2: I've been holding them back.
1: It's not onions, I swear. It's not onions. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: you, you're sitting on a bag of onions, you cheater.
0: <laughs> it's so special know? to hear that, thing, guys. It's really special with the bond that you guys share, that it's truly a brotherhood, that you can make fun of each other for practically anything, but if anybody messes with your brothers, you can turn right around and you stand up for them. That is so incredibly special. Now, I'm going to share about a second, I guess, brotherhood, if you want to say, brother slash sisterhood yep. kind of group, so to speak. That's really blossomed, and it actually started with our dear friend from 1 in 5 from Bullies to Healed, Jimmy. He was a previous guest on one of my episodes, so shout-outs to him for introducing me to both Tyler and Rishi, as well as our other friend, Harley. The five of us have been able to really come together as a friend group within this past year. And it's been such a wonderful experience that our friend group has been able to come together on the commonality that at one point or another, all of us were bullied. It's really amazing that we can all come together and share in that pain. And as a result, be able to take those really big steps towards healing together.
1: Yes, I agree uh, with that.
2: I agree as well. Oh man, Finizi!
0: Jamie, <laughs> I'm sure he's laughing very hard at, at that right now. Memories. It sincerely amazes me to witness firsthand how incredible of a brotherhood that you two have. It's so rare when you hear about a friendship that was created on the basis of one person bullying another. I'm so proud of you, Tyler, for being able to open up your heart to Rishi to not only forgive him, but to go so far as to being one of his best friends. It's extremely admirable to be friends with someone who has found so much strength through the sticks and stones thrown at him by his bullies.
2: I mean, some you have to look at it some for there's two types of bullies in this world. There are bullies like Rishi, those who've been bullied, pushed to the point where if they don't do what society tells them to do, which is bully other people to get higher in life, then you're You know, they're going to do it because they don't want to suffer like they have. And I don't blame them for it because it's hard. The only way it's going to stop is if you join it. And that's how the mentality of society is. And, you know, Rishi was able to even look past that to the point that it's like, this is wrong. Just because I showed him a bit of kindness that most people didn't really show him well. I mean, Rishi had friends, of course, but of, of those friends he had, many of them were just, you know, they're just there they're not his real friends when he met me and I helped him that day and continued to help him he realized that I was a good like he said a good like a real friend and he saw no reason to so I saw no reason to hold it against him either because there's no there's such a small world and then there are those who just pick on people because they can and those are the people that it's harder to forgive you know because they've never really suffered themselves they've had everything they've always wanted And so they look down on people because they have everything they want. And they look down on those who are less fortunate than them. And that's the harder thing to forgive. Yes.
0: Really interesting point that you brought up, Tyler, and definitely something that's very valuable to hear. So Rishi, I just want to say to you too, I'm equally as proud of you for peeling back your layers to reveal how you learned to process the pain of the words and actions of your bullies. It takes a huge amount of courage to realize not only the hurt that you've caused towards others, but also how to heal it through opening your heart to friends like Tyler. And I'm so proud to be your friend as well.
1: Thanks, friend. I appreciate it.
0: (laughs) Of course, friend. Well, guys, thank you both again for being part of this special episode of One in Five from Bully to Healed, and for more importantly, being two of the greatest friends a girl could ever ask for.
1: No problem.
0: Love you both. To all of my One in Fivers, learning how to forgive your bullies is one of the most difficult parts of our personal development I am the first to admit that it is taking me so many years to forgive my bullies with no apologies required. Take the story of Rishi and Tyler to believe in your heart that you will be able to forgive, whether that takes a month, a year, or 10 years like me. No matter how much time it takes, it is okay. And remember that you have family, friends, and mental health professionals at your disposal to hold your hand through this process. Once you finally forgive your bullies, Realize that you have just taken the biggest leap of your journey of going from bullied to healed. Until next time.